Before I invite Pastor Julie, um, Julie's quite recognized uh, uh, as, a, as a prophet here in the nation and amongst many churches. Um, when I said God's people were floundering in the wilderness, um, th- three things three things that God was trying to teach them. When they were slaves, they lost, this is God's people, they'd lost the ability how to fight. They lost the ability how to fight. Now that, that for us means how to pray, how to take a stand, how to draw a line in the sand. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, the other thing was they'd forgotten how to, oh, they, they, they forgot that they were a nation, that they were a community, a nation. This is our nation. They'd forgot that. They just became a ragtag bunch of ex-slaves. And God was teaching them, no, you are my people, my chosen people. And that, that's what happens when you get saved. You come into the church and you realize you're a royal, royal nation, royal priesthood, a holy people belonging to God. All right. What was the third one? The third one was that their heart had become shut down and their ears had become dull to hearing God. They couldn't hear God anymore. Unfortunately, one of the things uh, that, that causes grief in the body of Christ and, and, and causes people to be um, frustrated is that they can't hear the voice of God. The Bible says in Isaiah that we would hear a voice behind us telling us which way to go. Now that happens through a clear conscience veils removed, blockages removed. Of course, it it comes by your spirit being regenerated by the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when you get saved. Your spirit is being given permission to connect with God and then you begin to commune with God and dream and worship, walk in His presence. And so Pastor Julie this morning wants to help us understand how to hear the voice of God. Are we up for that? We up for that? She's not going to be long. It's warm, I know, but this is such a good word. Give it up for Pastor Julie. Thank you, my love. Come. Yeah, let's really give it up. Come on. Come on, let's really give it up. Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Thank you. Thanks, worship team. That's brilliant. Thank you. It's strange when we're looking at the news at the moment, who feels a little bit strange. It seems like we get over one crisis and then there's another crisis and then there's another crisis. And now we have what looks like uh, a pandemic going across the, the world, if you haven't heard about that yet, a virus that's going across the earth at at, 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 at an incredible speed. They can't control it. They're out of control. Things seem like they're out of control when we look at the news and when we watch it. I mean, it's, Facebook is great, you know what I mean? But sometimes when you're on Facebook, you're looking at the news probably 20, 30 times a day, some people. Do you know what I mean? Like in the old days, you know, the news would come on at six o'clock. And everyone would sit down and watch the news at six o'clock. Not the children, by the way. Our father would say, out of here, you lot. And um, we weren't allowed to watch the news because children didn't need to know about such things. Now, we're looking at news from every angle. The same messages coming across to us. You know, how many times would you be on Facebook a day or, or looking at, you know, news a day? You go on there to hear some good news and what do you get? You know, everybody, your best friend's got cancer and, and somebody else is in hospital and, you know, this virus is now on everybody's Facebook page and, and people begin to panic because what they're hearing all the time, all they're hearing is the voice of news, but it isn't the good news. Jesus said he came to bring us good news. Amen. And as Pastor Phil said, there, we have to balance up what we're hearing. Otherwise, we will go into panic like the rest of the world. Otherwise, we will not be the stabilizing factor to a world gone mad. We will, we will get caught up in it and fear will get on us and, 
anxiety will get on us and trembling and we'll go into panic and protection mode and lockdown mode and we won't want to reach out and, and that is not what God intended. When we look in the Old Testament, I'm going to unpack this over a while, not today, but over this year, I've got so much that God gave me in one day, it's going to take me a year to unpack it. But when we look back over the Old Testament and the New Testament, you'll see that God always protects his covenant people. When there are people who are walking in covenant with him, no matter what is going on around, he destroys their enemies. He makes sure their shoes don't wear out. He puts a a cloud over their heads when it's hot and, and and he puts a fire at night when they can't see. He's the one who watches over them. And it, right through the Old Testament, people would say, you know, don't touch the Israelites. Don't go near them because they, they, their God will get you. Their God looks after them. He would drop food from heaven and feed them. Water comes out of a rock. I mean, there was no end to the covenant blessings of God in the midst of what looked like disaster all around them. Wars and rumors of wars, but Israel would be, as long as they, as long as they stayed in God, they would be safe. And there's so much I could preach for like two years just on that. You know, Larry Sparks, a friend of mine, great prophet in the States, He put up this post this week, and I thought it was interesting. He said, what some call signs of the end times, I prefer to call confirmations of heaven invading earth. You know, we need to reframe what we're seeing. We know these things are going to happen. You only need to read your Bible to know that things are going to happen. And we may be here in the midst of some stuff. Amen? But we need to see it as a sign that heaven is beginning to invade earth. That people will fall to their knees and cry out to God. You just look at the fires in Australia and all the posts that went up about the fires in Australia, how atheists were beginning to pray to God and see God answer their prayers and saying, there must be a God Because I cried out to God when I was in distress and he met my need. We need to be the ones who tell them that there is a rock who doesn't move, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is our God and we can rest in him. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Isaiah 60, and this is in the Amplified Version. I love this Amplified Version of Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 2. And it says, Arise from the depression and the prostration that circumstances have kept you in. Rise to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for the light has come. Heaven is invading earth And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness all peoples. But, everyone say but. But "But the Lord shall rise upon you and his glory shall be seen on you. Amen. So I got with the Lord and I was looking at all these prophetic words for 2020 and there was many of them going out there. I sat down and watched all the latest prophetic words from all the people. And suddenly I thought to myself, I hear God. I can hear God. I'm a friend of God. God loves me and I love God. And therefore he speaks to me. And therefore, he trusts me with his secrets. That's the breaking down of a prophetic gift. That's the breaking down of the gift that all of us have to hear the voice of God. You know, Pastor Bill said, I'm recognized as a prophet. Well, you know, I'm just recognized as someone who is madly and passionately so in love with Jesus that I put my head upon his breast and hear his heartbeat and he shares his secrets with me because he knows I'll listen. 
He knows I'll take time to listen. And so I got with God and I thought, well, there's a lot of Americans prophesying. There seems to be a lot of prophecies coming from Americans about America. Well, who the heck is prophesying about Australia? That's what I'd like to know. Come on, Aussies, come on. And it's time for the Australian giftings to be revealed and to be lifted up and for us to begin to speak. Pastor Phil shared that in the Hebraic calendar, you know, last year was, was the, or last decade was the decade of seeing, of, of, of perceiving and seeing. As we moved into 2020, it is the decade of the mouth. It's time to speak about what we see. It's time to perceive and speak and it's time to be a voice. I mean, I feel like, you know, like Moses, like God, you know, why would you speak through me? You know, I'm just a, a little girl from Wyong, you know, who really, who am I? Who am I, God, in the midst of this? But there is so much love inside of me for him that I would be willing to be made a fool for him so that his truth can get out because I love you too much and, and our love for people too much and the love for our nation is so strong that I cannot be quiet. Even if I wanted to be quiet, I can't be quiet because God is speaking. Because in the midst of all that we hear every day, we need to hear the good news the good news. And so I sat with God and I said, well, if all these American prophets can prophesy about America, and it all sounds quite simplistic to me, you know, in my understanding, maybe I can just hear you about 2020, the decade of 2020 for our nation and the nations. But particularly my heart is for Australia. My heart is for this nation. I cry for this nation. For the last 40 years, I've interceded for this nation that we would be the great Southland of the Holy Spirit and that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh and that we would be a people who would not just watch a one-man show do the stuff, but we would get off our seats, be filled with the Holy Spirit and go out and do what we were supposed to do in the first place. Each one of us carrying the glory of God, each one of us carrying the power of God, each one of us carrying the hope of God to a dying world. And God wants to use you. And to use you, God wants to speak to you. So these are the things that God said to me. I, mean, I thought he was just going to say something quite simple. And, and within, honestly, within 10 minutes, I had written down 14 things. I'm not going to preach 14 things today. It's going to take me all year to unpack, as he's already unpacking to me, the depth of each one of these points And if you're a part of my prophetic company or you would like to be, I meet once a month, we're going to unpack each one of these points and we're going to bring all the pieces of the puzzle and bring revelation so then we can bring it to the church about what God is saying. Is that good news? So if you want to be part of that prophetic company, if you feel like you you hear God's voice and you, you want to be used in that way, see the information desk, put your name down the first Thursday of every month, starting in February, we're going to have a great time together. So, and I will, I will, I will be there to mentor you and walk you through the little that I know I will give to you and then we'll learn some more. <laughs> so today what I'm throwing out as I throw this out is basically cookie dough. So I'm like getting cookie dough, it's unbaked, and I'm just throwing it out there, and then we're going to bake it as we go along. And there's one part of it, only one point that I baked for you last night that kind of is half-baked, but you can help me bake it. How about that? Is that good? So these are the points that God gave me. The, The first thing he said to me, the word that I am giving to you, just put those away, please. Put those away. I want one at a time. I only want one at a time. The, the word I'm giving to you for 2020, he said, is all wrapped up in one word and it's called unveiled. Right. Unveiled. And then he started to say to me the things that he was going to unveil in 2020. Amen. Number one. The bride will be unveiled. Have you got them one at a time? 
Number one, the bride will be unveiled. And I'm going to unpack that, what that looks like, what that means. But basically, I had a vision of the bride of Christ, which is us, walking down an aisle. I saw the father... I saw the the veil over the bride's face. I saw the father standing on the altar with the bride. I saw him remove the veil and I saw him turn the bride to the son. And when the son looked into the bride's face, she became everything that he had destined her to be. And he presented her then to the world. So I'm going to go into that, but there's much more to that. Number two. The fivefold will be unveiled. And this is like the purity of fivefold. This is like, we've seen a lot of fivefold ministry. We've seen pastors, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. We've seen them in the past. And we've seen them being unveiled in different seasons. Now is the season of the prophets being unfolded. Now is the season of the evangelists being revealed. Now is the season of, but God is about to unveil the hidden ones that we have never seen before. There are some sitting in this room right now, and I would say, really, Julie, you would be one of those. I'm looking right at you. There are some in this room that in the hidden places, God has been working something in your spirit that you've never been exposed, you've never been revealed. No one even knows what God is doing inside of you, but God is going to reveal his purposes and his plans through you and he's going to raise up fivefold, beautiful, fivefold, pure-hearted servant ministers who will not say, I am the top and you all come under me, but who will be the foundational builder of the kingdom of God and who will come as the foundation. The apostles and the prophets are the foundational work. They're the ground level work and everything else is built on top of them. Everything that the fivefold does should be to build you, to release you into all that you are called to do and I'll unpack that more later. Number three, the donkeys will be unveiled. You know, I'll go into it later, but we know that in the story of Balaam, the prophet, who was a wrong prophet, he was a naughty prophet, and he was actually wanting to curse God's people for money, and, 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 and he was being asked to curse God's people, and he's trying to work out, how can I curse God's people with the gift that I have? How can I turn it and curse God's people? And he rides a donkey, and, and I'll go into the story later, I don't want to go into it now, but the donkey literally sees an angel on the road that's trying to stop Balaam doing the wrong thing. Balaam doesn't see it, the donkey sees it. The, the humble servant, the humble servant that, that has been, that other wrong ministries have been riding on the back of, They're the ones that God is going to reveal and unveil in this day. Ones that have been wrongly done by. Ones that have been maybe, you know, beat. I mean, he was beating his donkey. You know, he's beating. Stupid donkey, stupid donkey. Why don't you go where I want you to go? And the donkey's going, well, there's an angel standing in the middle of the road, you prophet, and you can't even see it. I believe God's going to unveil people who think they're donkeys, people who have been treated like donkeys. Because God says at the end of that story, he says, you know what? I would have killed you if it wasn't for your donkey. I would have killed you if it wasn't for your donkey. But because of your donkey, you're going to go and you're going to do the right thing by me because the donkey saw the angel of God. And you guys, your eyes are going to be opened and no longer will you be donkeys. You will be carrying the glory of the king into into, into the, the public eye and people are going to be going, Hosanna, Hosanna, and they're going to see Jesus, but they won't see the donkey that he's riding in on because you're humble enough through all the years that God has been testing you in Jesus' name. Amen. Number four, prophetic eyes will be unveiled. We'll go into that as well. I'm going to go into the whole story of Elisha's servant, how Elisha, because he had, had made himself a servant, because he'd gone through a mentoring process with Elisha, Elisha, when the enemies were surrounding them and there was great fear, Elisha said, God, open his eyes to see what I see. And there was a transference of anointing from Elisha to his servant to open his eyes. And when he looked, he said, there are more that are for us than are against us. And God is going to release through the fivefold prophetic ministry. I believe as people come into right relationship, into right alignment with the fivefold ministry, 
ministry, their eyes are going to be open to see what they see and to come up higher than they've ever been before. And we'll go into that as we unpack it over this year. Number seven, the, uh, number six, sorry, the hidden ones, uh, five, five. Oh boy. Okay. Number five, we're going to talk about that today. Intimacy with Jesus will be unveiled. We'll go back to that. Number six, the hidden ones will be unveiled. And I've talked a little bit about that. I want to go more into that. The hiddenness of being hidden in the secret place. Those ones that have been worked with God in the secret place, they're going to be unveiled. And we're going to see a lot of people being exposed and a lot of people being unveiled. There's going to be an unveiling of those who are in wrong spirits and there's going to be unveiling of those who are in right spirits. And the defiling ones that are defiling the very kingdom of God will be exposed and the ones who are in right and pure spirits. And you'll see ones rising to the top in this time, hidden ones that really don't, you would never believe. You would never believe. In fact, you know, Angela Dima, I say to you right now, you will never believe what God's going to do with you. You've been hidden for a very long time. You feel like you've just been overlooked. But I'm telling you now, there's going to come a time when you as a hidden one will be unveiled and you'll be amazed at what he has actually put in you already waiting to be brought out in Jesus' name. Seven, the secrets of God will be unveiled and that's a whole thing in itself. I saw a vision of keys dropping from heaven. I saw people grabbing those keys across the nations, across the nation of Australia. And then I saw them unlocking the secrets of Daniel chapter 12, which are the, which are the secrets that are locked up for a time in the end. And there are secrets of God that are locked up and they're going to be ones that have keys to unlock the secrets. And then God said to me, Wait till you see what happens when I put the set of keys together. There have been so many people that have been doing solo ministry and have their own revelation. And there's another revelation. But what will happen when I bring mateship, the true mateship spirit of our nation, and I begin to join the dots of ones that are humble enough to say, I think I've got a piece of the puzzle. I think I've got another piece. And when I put it together, wait till you see what's going to happen when I put the set of keys together. And right now, I mean, Vicki Simpson, a great prophet in a nation that you probably all know. She put a word out yesterday on Facebook about the nets being repaired and that very thing about relationships being connected together supernaturally so that God might bring forth his will and his perfect plan upon the earth. Amen? Yes. Eight, the power of God will be unveiled. God showed me clearly that we have only dabbled in the power of God. He said that he's about to unveil the book of Acts, but unprecedented power than we've ever seen before. And I saw, I saw masses of people with mental health issues, major mental health issues just being set free in a moment in time. I saw the, I saw the veil falling off. I saw them being... It healed and the power of God, difficult cases that we've said, oh, well, they, they can't get healed. They need to go to a counselor. And I love counselors and I love what we're doing. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I love doctors. I love medication. We need all that stuff. I mean, but we're going to walk into a time where there's just going to be bang, 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 because God is about to bring in his harvest. Amen. Wow. Nine, pure hearts will be unveiled, and I've already talked a lot about that, and I'll talk more about that later. Number 10, divine connections will be unveiled. Don't be surprised if you start to connect with people that may have been old relationships, and God begins to connect you again, because I believe divine connections will be unveiled. And that includes interdenominational relationships, interconnected relationships. You know, we I'll tell you about that later, but we meet with some great pastors and honestly we're just a bunch of friends crying out to God together in humility God's doing great things amongst leadership on the central coast amazing and I'll share that later number 11 the prodigals will be unveiled I see so many people especially young people right now that are out of church and they they go you know I want God but I want my life. I want God, but I don't want church. 
And I see God unveiling these prodigals and they are gonna be radical, radical. The first bunch that he will unveil as prodigals that come home will be evangelists with prophetic gifts. He's gonna marry the prophetic and the evangelists together and they're gonna go out and they will be the ones that bring in the harvest. The prodigals that come in will be the ones that are gonna carry the power of God because God is gonna show us that he's gonna use donkeys once again, amen. And we'll look at them, we'll go, well, how come he does miracles and he stinks or he's got tattoos or whatever it is, you know, and and it'll just go, that's God. Because people will just go, that's got to be God. Because I know that guy hasn't been to Bible college and he doesn't know what the heck he's doing, but he laid hands on me and I got healed. That's got to be God. Prodigals are coming home. And listen, we need to begin to pray these things through. We need to begin to pray the prodigals home. Ones that you know that are out of church right now, begin to pray for them because God's about to unveil the, the lies that are over their minds that keep them from the kingdom of God. Number 12, unbelievers will be unveiled. And that, you know, that the Bible says there's a veil over the mind of unbelievers. And, we, you know, every time when we're going to go witness to someone, we pray, Phil and I, please remove the veil that's over their minds. Because the Bible says there is a veil over their minds that stops them from seeing God. But I believe God's about to do a supernatural work. And I'm talking about a decade. I'm talking about the next decade, not the next moment the next decade, you're going to see a supernatural work where you'll be speaking to someone about Jesus and all of a sudden the lights will turn on. I watched a video yesterday of a guy. He was preaching in the street. He was a street preacher. And this guy come up to him. He was swearing his head off at him. He was right in his face. I'm going to kill you. And he was, you know, using every colorful word that's that isn't in the dictionary. And he was screaming right this far from his face. And the guy just said, look, I know why you're upset. I hurt like you hurt. I've come from where you've come. I don't care how much you yell at me. I'm gonna bring Jesus to you. And this guy kept going, 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 going. And in a second in time, you watch, he says, I know you're full of demons, but I'm speaking to you, not the demons. You know, I'm speaking to you. And in a moment in time, this guy's face completely changes and he just starts bawling his eyes out crying like a little boy. And this guy is saying, man, I hurt like you hurt. I know you've been through some tough stuff. And he starts prophesying over his life. You've been through some tough stuff. You're angry at the world. You're angry at me. That's okay, but God's come to heal you. Then all these guys come around, start hugging him. And his brother, oh, I was just, oh, I, oh, I just go, come on, God. Number 13, supernatural provision will be unveiled. And I'm going to go into that as well. But, but, but not just supernatural provision, um, unusual supernatural provision. God is about to finance his kingdom. And you need to be ready for it to come from unusual places. Those of you that have struggled financially, you need to know there's a breakthrough coming. I know it. God's going to unveil the ones that should be uh, the 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 the, the uh, finances of the of the wicked is locked up for the righteous in these days, and we're about to see a flood of that. I'll go into that more later. Fourteen, great hearts will be unveiled. You know, even within the church, you know, we we love God. We want to love God with all our heart. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. There's so many of us that have hardened hearts in different rooms in our lives. We might have one room that worships God. We've got all these other rooms that are hardened. God is coming to give you a heart of flesh. He's going to take the heart of stone. He's going to give you a heart of flesh. He's going to heal trauma. He's going to heal past experiences. He's going to take your past. He's going to literally throw it away and he's going to do soul surgery in moments in time. So I want to unpack number five really quickly for you and then we're going to do a quick, we're going to do a quick activation. So number five, increased intimacy with Jesus will be unveiled. Now you've got to understand this is not coming from me. This is what God is saying to us. So hear his voice. In Luke 24, 35, we see this story. Later that Sunday, two of Jesus' disciples were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a journey of about 17 miles. They were in the midst of discussion about all the events of the last 
few days when Jesus walked up and accompanied them in their journey. They were unaware that it was Jesus walking alongside them for God prevented them from recognizing him. Jesus said to them, you seem to be in a deep discussion about something. What are you talking about? So sad and gloomy. And they stopped. And the one named Cleopas, have you heard, haven't you heard Are you the only one in Jerusalem unaware of the things that have happened over these last days? Jesus asked, what things? The things about Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they replied. He was a mighty prophet of God who performed miracles and wonders. His words were powerful and he had great favor with God and the people. But three days ago, the high priest and the rulers of the kingdom sentenced him to death And had him crucified. We all hoped that he was the one who would redeem and rescue Israel. See how God does things so different to what we think. Early this morning, some of the women informed us of something amazing. They said they went to the tomb and found it empty. They claimed two angels appeared and told them that Jesus is now alive. Some of us went there to see for ourselves and found the tomb exactly like the women had said but no one has seen him. And Jesus said to them, why are you so thick-headed? Why do you find it so hard to believe every word the prophets have spoken? Wasn't it necessary for Christ the Messiah to experience all these sufferings and then afterward to enter into the glory, into his glory? Then, listen to this, then he carefully unveiled, look at that word, to them the revelation of himself throughout the scripture. He started from the beginning and explained the writings of Moses and all the prophets, showing them how they wrote of him and revealed the truth about himself. As they approached the village, Jesus walked on ahead, telling them he was going on to a distant place. They urged him to remain there and pleaded, stay with us. Now listen to these words. Stay with us. It will be dark soon. Listen to this, what what God is saying to you in this. So Jesus went with them into the village. Joining them at the table for supper, he took bread and blessed it and broke and then gave it to them. And all at once their eyes were opened And they realized it was Jesus. Then suddenly, in a flash, Jesus vanished from before their eyes. Stunned, they looked at each other and said, Why didn't we recognize it was him? Didn't our hearts burn with the flames of holy passion while we walked beside him? He unveiled for us Such profound revelation from the scriptures. They left at once and turned back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples. When they found the 11 and the other disciples all together, they overheard them saying, it's really true. The Lord has risen from the dead. He even appeared to Peter. Then the two disciples told the others what had happened to them on the road to Emmaus and, and how Jesus had unveiled himself as he broke bread with them. These are two disciples that had walked with Jesus, perhaps for three years. They had talked with him. They had been discipled by him. They knew him. And yet when he walked with them in this new dispensation of grace, when he walked with them in his glory, they could not recognize him because he'd taken on a different form. He'd taken on a form, who one who wants to be absolutely God in them and wanted to be so personal with them. Amen. It said that God had stopped them from recognizing him. Do you know what? I think there's been a season on the earth where there's only been a level 
of the revelation of who Jesus really is to us. And God is about to unveil the mysteries of the more of Jesus to our lives. We're going to begin to see the scriptures open up to us. We're going to begin to understand what this story is really all about and who Jesus really is. Not the suffering lamb, but the glorified king, the one who's coming back to make things right in his glorified state. We're going to see and be able to speak to the glorified one who has the mysteries of these days, and he's going to share these things with his friends. You know, they were sitting with him and talking with him, and their hearts were burning within them, and they didn't even know what mysteries he could give to them until he was about to walk away, thinking, well, it's useless here. They're never going to ask me to reveal more, because there is always more in the kingdom of God. There is always more of Jesus to discover. Jesus is going to unveil himself. But we need to be able to say, don't go and leave me, Jesus. Stay here with me until we give up so easy. We're so lazy. We give up in a moment in time. Oh, I tried to pray and I didn't hear anything and nothing worked and I didn't feel anything. I didn't get goosebumps. So I just got up and went about my day. What Jesus is looking for right now is ones who will stay. Ones who will say, please stay with us, Jesus, until. There's an until. And when he finds ones like this, he's going to unveil himself to you like he never has unveiled himself before. He's going to become so intimate with you that he will tell you his secrets. He wants to share with you the whole revelation of who he is and what you're called to do in this day and in this hour. Not to be a part of the crowd that's panicking. We thought he was the one that was going to deliver us. Now everybody's in panic. He's dead now. What's going to happen to us? Hopelessness. They didn't understand. We don't want to get caught up in that. Hopeless, misunderstanding that everything is out of control because our Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords rules and reigns over this earth. Amen. And as Jilly sang this morning, the winds and waves still know his name. Do you? Do you know this name above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every knee will bow to this name. Do you know that when you use that name, that atmospheres change? Do you know you have the authority and the power in you? Jesus wants to come and reveal himself like never before inside of you. Amen. John 15, this is the last part, and then we're going to go into this little, little uh, activation. John 15, 4 to 16. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. Is that right? If you're born again right now, the words Jesus has spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. I am waiting here right now to be in life union with you, Jesus is saying. If you would just remain in life union with me, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, as your source, not the news as your source, not Facebook as your source, not your friends, not what the devil is telling you as your source, not what you tell yourself as your source, but me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you, are, when you live separated from me, you are what? Powerless. You are absolutely powerless living separate from him and you will become a victim in these last days to all the things that other people are going to become a victim because you'll step out of covenant and you'll step out of power unless you remain intimately connected to him. Hallelujah. If a person is separate from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live... This is Jesus speaking, not me. 
This is, this is me, the crazy prophet. This is Jesus speaking, amen? But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. Wow. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands. For I continually live nourished and empowered by His love. If you want to be like Jesus, who, who lives com- all the time completely nourished in the love of the Father, in, in, in divine communion with Father, then you need to take his example. If Jesus needs that, how much more do we? Amen. My purpose is telling you these things so that joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When he's inside of you, you get hope. You get joy. You see things from a different perspective. You get the eyes of the Lord. As Julie said, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We need to go up where he is. We need to rise up like eagles with wings as eagles and rise above the circumstances of life and look down on the stuff, not look from down here in the mess and wonder how the heck we're going to get ourselves out of it. We need to be connected with him. Hallelujah. So it is my command, love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is that, is, is, uh, that sacrifices all. The greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. That's what Shane's talking about. It's all, but it's also, is he number one in your life? Or is he number two, three, four, five, six? I'll just do this and then I'll be with you. I'll just do that. Oh no, my kids need me. My grandkids, oh, my life is filled with kids and grandkids, isn't it, Jill? I mean, I just, I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I give them everything. But if Jesus loses first place in my life, I am lost and I am powerless and I have no use to them whatsoever. No use to any of you. Amen. Woo. Okay. Um. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. You show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. I never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my intimate friends For I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my Father. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. And your fruit will last because whatever you ask of my Father, for my sake, he will give to you. Wow. How many times have you read that scripture before and just gone, you know, it's just fundamental Christianity. You know, I'm, he's the vine and we're the branches. And, but wow, how much more sense does it make when we look at it in this context? So God, right now, Jesus is longing to speak with you. Longing to speak with you. He wants to talk to you. As that scripture said, I'm, I'm just here. I want to have, have life union with you. And you need to have it with me. So he's standing, he's standing there right now, Jesus, sitting next to you right now, and he's waiting to speak to you. See, prayer is a conversation. Relationship is about two people. It's a going back and forth. It's not just talking and talking at, it's hearing. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something, which I do, I try to do myself twice a year. And that is, I just sit with Father and I just say, Jesus, have you got anything that you want to say to me? Then I pick up a pen and I begin to write. And I don't write what I think. I don't write, I don't read what I write as I'm writing it. Because then I'll go, oh, that's stupid. I can't say that about myself. You know what I mean? Because we as Aussies, we're just so insecure. 
We don't want to say nice things about ourselves. But I want you to think like this. We're going to do this a minute. When you do this, I want you to do this. Even if it's just a few words or it's a whole page, it doesn't matter. But what I want you to do is think of yourself like God has given you a word for someone else. But it's actually for you. But if you think of yourself like that, you don't want to write nice things about yourself. If you're an Australian in this room, you definitely don't want to write nice things about yourself, you know, because, you know, we're so insecure. I'm just going to read this to you. I did this. This last one was 17th of August. I did one the other day, but it's too personal and I can't share it with you. But this is one I did on the 17th of August. And I swear to you, I did not even think while I was writing. I just kept writing, 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 writing. I didn't, didn't read it as I was going. I didn't read it till I'd finished. This is, this is what I wrote down in my little automatic, what I call automatic writing. God, automatic writing, because God's writing through your hand. He said this to me. Walk carefully, walk slowly, my daughter, O daughter of Zion. My shalom is with you. Many days have passed since we first gazed eye to eye. Many nights, many hard days, many joyous days. We have walked together decades now, and you know me more than you did at first. But there is so much more of me you have yet to discover. You will see how I love them through you. You will see with my eyes that burn with love for my beloved. You will speak my words of life and resurrect dead things. My heart's cry will be heard in the sound of your voice. My love song will be heard in the sound of your song. Deep calls unto deep. There is so much depth to you that until now others were not aware of it. But I will cause the deep in you to go even deeper. So deep that you will stand in awe and wonder at the rivers that flow from your mouth. Living waters flow from the very throne of God where I will teach you to live. In a moment in time, you'll be in this dimension and then in mine. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the imagination of man what I have in store for those who love me, those called according to my purpose. And you love me. You always have loved me. You have never stopped. As I have loved you with an undying love, an eternal fire of love sealed on your heart and on the heart of your mother and on your daughters. Fear not, O daughter of Israel, your Redeemer comes to all your offspring and to their offspring and to their offspring. Generations of blessing will flow from your love and obedience. You will shout with joy when you see what I have prepared for you. It is written, it is already written, my word will come to pass, O faithful daughter, how I love the way that you love me and my heart swells with joy at the very thought of you. Now, I wouldn't say those things about myself, but within that, God is speaking to me. Now, I'm a very poetic writer. Not everybody's going to be that, you know, woo, poetic. But it might just be, you know, you get a piece of paper and you start to write and you just say, Jesus, what do you say to me? Don't think about it. Number one, just start writing. Number two, don't read it while you write. Read it when you finish. You'll know when you finish writing, you'll get this, okay, it's done. You might write a paragraph and go, it's done. You might just want to keep writing and writing and writing and writing. So right now there's a piece of paper in the, in the seat in the front of you. We're going to do this. Just a few minutes. Because I just want to do it as an exercise and you can go home and, and try it out. There's a pen there as well. All the people in the front row, there's paper and pen under your seats. You'll see it there. And what I want you to do is go home and start to practice this. Get yourself some journals and start to write down what God is saying to you because he really, really wants to speak. Okay, I'm going to be quiet now. I'm just going to pray for you. We're going to put some music on and then I'll just pull you up in like five minutes in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you. Just close your eyes. Thank you that you would unveil every heart in this room that they would know that Jesus is right here. Jesus, we unveil you. Speak to your people. Pour out your words of love upon their hearts and bring identity in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. I can see a lot of people still writing, but I want you to stay in this place when you go home. 
and do part two. Um, there may be some people in the room that you didn't write anything down because, you know, this is a whole new thing to you. That's okay. It's okay. See, we're learning to hear God's voice. We're not experts at it. I wrote that in my journal, but I've had 40 years' experience in hearing God's voice. And I'm still learning how to do it. I still feel like a child. Yeah? Even when I bring things to you, I just go, gee, I hope this is right. I've got no idea. I mean, we're all just people. Yeah? We're all insecure people. If you didn't write anything down at all, I encourage you to take that piece of paper with you, get yourself a journal, and start to regularly do this. Especially those of you who are are regularly attacked in your minds about your own identity and your own self-esteem. I mean, you know, if you're however old you are, yell out to me how old you are. Okay, 35, I heard that. So for 35 years and then nine months while you're in the womb, other voices have been speaking to you. So it's going to take a while until God's voice drowns out all the noise. Do you know what I'm saying? It's going to take a while before you even believe what he's saying to you. How could he say that to me? Doesn't he know me? But he sees you and he knows you and he knows you intimately. And if we can get you, not, you know, intimately connected with him, we'll be able to face any storm that comes our way. Because we will, we will be in him and he will be in us. And we will be in the Father. And we will be in this cocoon of covenant where nothing can touch us. You could walk through a whole room where this virus is and it will not touch you. That's what Psalm 91 says to me. Deadly pestilence will not touch you. That's what my covenant, but it says, what is it at the beginning of Psalm 91? What's the very first thing? If, first word, if you make the most high your dwelling. Then no deadly pestilence will come near your tent. If it's time for us to stop making excuses and enter in and be the, the people of God that Jesus has paid the price for with his precious blood. Amen. Just stand up and hold your piece of paper, even if it's got nothing on it. Just hold it up in the air for me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless your word. Not just your written word, but I bless your spoken word. I bless your word of relationship to each and every person in this room. And the ones that have got blank pages, God, I thank you, Jesus, that you will begin to speak to them the mysteries of your love for them, that while we were yet sinners... Jesus died for us, that you love us just as we are right now in this moment. And you know more about us than we know about ourselves. And it's all good. So Father, bless it. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.